I'm pretty sure the bi- the password and the biometric like were enough, right? Like what? Right. Right? <laughs> you know, somebody cuts off my finger, like they deserve to see my my Google Docs. You know, like, they've, they've earned it. They did the work. Yeah, yeah. they put in the work. Visit linode.com slash Stack Overflow and see why Linode has been voted the top infrastructure as a service provider by both G2 and Trust Radius. Linode makes cloud computing fast, simple, and affordable. Visit linode.com slash Stack Overflow and you'll get $100 in credit. All right, head on over there. Let them know the podcast sent you and support the show. Hello. Welcome to the Stack Overflow podcast, everybody. I am Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow, and I'm joined, as I will be forevermore, by my great crew of co-hosts. <laughs> we have to come up with a good system. I don't think me saying, hello, I'm this person, and then name-checking all of you is right. I think we're supposed to do like a, like record that at the beginning, and it's like, these mm-hmm. are your hosts, and like a little bit of fun music and whatever, and then we just come in cold open. That's what I think. So yeah, you I could think- do something like, it's Ben. Cassidy, Ciara, and Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Like Super yeah, yeah. like cheesy Brady Bunch era music. Right. That fits your vibe. Yeah, let's do the pre-recorded. <laughs> okay, so now you, you already know what podcast you're listening to because there's a really clever and fun intro. And we were just here chit-chatting about video games. So Ryan loves this game Dwarf <laughs> Fortress, and right. he got the chance to interview the guy. He's been working on this text-based adventure game for 20 years so it's pretty fun wow. to talk to him about what it's like to code something for 20 years and you like forget even what your own. There's three Tarns. There's Tarn yeah, from yeah. the past, Tarn from tarn the present, from the and Tarn from the future. They're and they're all communicating. The yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and then today, again, Dwarf Fortress is at the top of Hacker News. I had never heard of this. Cassie, Sior, have you ever heard of this much beloved Oh, game? yeah. I haven't. I will say, though, I know nothing about gaming except for, like, the very basic, like, Mario Brothers. Mm. But other than that, like, I know nothing. Yeah, th- this one is not uh, not quite user-friendly. It's it's all text-based. <laughs> it's procedurally generated, right? Yeah, everything is procedurally generated. Like, the world you play in, the history, the myths, everything is procedurally generated. For what your little like instance, or can you play with multiple people, like, inside of one? <laughs> I mean, you can do that if you want to send save files to people. Real old school like that. Cassidy, have you tried it out? I haven't, but I've read so much about it because I love the idea of (laughs) making a procedurally generated game. But Mm -hmm. there's like a disconnect there with my traditional web back end, front end, that end of my brain with this kind of game development because it's so interesting and so Mm -hmm. math based. I love the idea (laughs) of it. Can you explain what procedurally generated means? Yeah. And so every single map or or I guess it's it's text based, but but it's it's maps. It's just yeah. displayed with text. Yeah. So every single map that you see in a procedurally generated game is different. And it's the kind of thing where, okay, there's a somewhat short tunnel here. If you take a few steps, could it continue being a short tunnel or could it get much larger? Or will it twist around a curve? And there's like a random chance of any of those things. And so because there's oh. a random chance of all of these different options, you end up getting a custom level every single time. Yeah. Basically, oh. instead of there being you know a set level file, everything is generated by procedures within the code. Oh, it's very, very cool. I, I yeah. love the concept. Yeah. And there's, there's quite a few modern games that use that as well. Mm-hmm. Is it complicated to code, though? It kind of sounds like uh, it's in my head. I think so. I I mean, 
he does have a math PhD. Um, <laughs> oh, that's enough. Yeah. That's enough for me. Right. I do think PhD that anyone geometry. <laughs> I do yeah. think geometry. that anybody can do it. It's just a different mindset of the yeah. style of coding, because really it's based on where you are, like in the map or, or based on what type of thing you have. You have a certain set of options and you randomly pick one of those options and then you continue with every single step randomly picking from those options. And there can be repeats, there can be twists and turns. But like I worked with a guy, for example, who he's a designer who knows some JavaScript and he would procedurally mm -hmm. generate buildings in this one little game he was making. And so he would say, okay, if the building is 10 units tall, that means it can have this many sets of windows. What should the window style be? Okay, because I chose this window style, that means the door can be one of this styles. He he procedurally generated a block on on a little street in his game with all of these random buildings based on those kinds of parameters. I mean, a, a game like No Man's Sky has has sort of done that procedurally yeah. generating an entire universe of planets and animals and plants. Wow. Minecraft too, and Stardew ah, Valley. I did not know that. Yeah, Cassidy. Good news. He's at work on a graphical version. So there will be Whoa. something for your front end brain to uh, to enjoy in the near future. <laughs> Wishlisted on Steam. Yeah, I'll check that out. Wow. So Sierra, you brought us a few links this morning. Why don't you queue up one of your favorites and we'll see if we can apply our gab skills to it, our chit chat art. <laughs> sure. I'm really interested in talking about Microsoft. They are implementing a new passwordless system where basically... The way you'll get into your accounts is through like authentication apps and things like that. Mm -hmm. I don't have a huge background in like InfoSec or cybersecurity or anything like mm -hmm. that. I found out about this on Twitter initially and I was kind of like, what? Like no passwords? How are we going to like <laughs> handle this? But I did a little more research and it's, it's a super interesting topic. Mm -hmm. So I definitely want to dive into that a little bit today with everyone here. Yeah, yeah. we um, did talk to Stitch. We had an, a podcast episode recently about this and it was actually proved to be super popular. I think, yeah, this is like mm -hmm. a topic that's ah. really in the air. So Stitch, those folks came from, where did they come from? Stripe? Plaid. They used Plaid. to work at Plaid. Yeah, they used to work at Plaid, and they are trying to build essentially some developer tooling so that if you're building an app or a service, you can easily, through their API SDK, get this kind of simple passwordless authentication set up mm -hmm. for your users. And they use email magic links a lot. But in general, oh, okay. this makes so much sense to me. One of the most frustrating experiences I have recently with all the 2FA that we have now that we're all remote is... I'll try to log into something. Okta will open. It'll ask for my password. Then yeah. I'll give it my fingerprint. And then it'll send me a 2FA code. It's like, I'm pretty sure the bi the password and the biometric like were enough, right? Like what? Right. Right. <laughs> you know, somebody cuts off my finger, like they deserve to see my, my Google Docs, you know? Like they've, they've earned it. They did the work. Yeah, yeah, they put in the work. The article that I was reading was mentioning how the way Microsoft is going to do it is that they're going to have you use an authentication app like Authy or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then they'll also, I think, email you like some something like a link or something like that. And one of the concerns that was brought up in the article that I sent was that if you somehow lose access to both of those things, how could you, or one of those things, especially if you have like two-factor authentication on, mm -hmm. how are you going to get into your account? And I actually ran into something like this before when I worked with DigitalOcean. I had gotten a new phone mm -hmm. and was like locked out of my... 
I don't know if I was using Authy or not, but one of those like authentication apps, right. like the ones that Google produce like a, a code or something. For you. Yeah. yeah. I was like locked out of my account and I couldn't remember my like key or whatever, like my special key to get back in. And like it was a whole hassle with like the IT department to like figure out how mm-hmm. to get myself back on track. And the only reason why I was able to figure that out was because we had like a whole IT department whose job it is to fix problems like that. So I was thinking mm-hmm. if I just want to log into Skype, right, which is under Microsoft now, and I got a new phone, whole new like authentication app, whatever, how would I like be able to get over issues like that potentially? I don't know. I'm sure yeah. they'll figure out a, a possible solution, but that was one of the things that the article did bring up. But I don't want to be a hater, right? Like, I don't want to just hate this because it's new. I actually, I've heard a lot of people say that they hate having to come up with new passwords or like now everybody wants you to have like passwords that don't have real words in them and you have to have plus signs and and like underscores and all kinds of special characters in them and stuff like that too. So it's getting like harder and harder to remember, especially because you have to have a unique password for everything. So maybe this is like a better solution to that, that whole problem that a lot of users are having now. Is this coming to Windows as well, or is it just Microsoft services? I'm not 100% sure. Okay. Yeah, one of the things that people point out in the the comments is that you're basically offloading your authentication to your email or your phone. So you have one single thing that you still need a password for. So if somebody cracks that, they get the jackpot. They get everything. Uh, Yeah. But I mean, also, if there's any breach anywhere and you are using a password that anybody has ever used... Your passwords could be compromised. Right. I mean, like your phone, which you keep on you at all times, and I sleep with under my pillow, and that requires biometric (laughs) identification to open is clearly a much smaller and safer attack vector than a password you put in and forget, and which will inevitably be revealed in the latest data breach, right? Like those things are just out there. I mean, I know a lot of people who are super careless with their phones. Like you're going to, you're going to get that. You okay, but do they have, have a password it. on it at least? Like you might lose your phone, but that doesn't mean somebody's going to get mm-hmm. in. I know for me, one thing I think about all the time, this is why I guard my phone with my life now is because like I use Apple Pay a ton. So like yeah. all my like credit cards mm-hmm. are tied to my phone. And I'm always like, if I lose my phone or someone like someone who pretends to be my friend, but isn't like, I know your password now, I'm going to steal your phone and like get into all your stuff. Like they have access to everything right like my my whole life is on my phone now that's something i think about a lot like because i have everything there someone steals my phone and they could ruin my whole life you know i don't know (laughs) if they could figure out the password too but but i know apple is trying to be super secure with things now because Mm -hmm. they i think they realize this as well so although i will say one hack that i sort of realized recently you know how they send you like a short pin to your phone and it pops up Mm -hmm. That pops up yeah. on my notifications on my right. before the lock screen. So if it's like a four digit pin, you don't even have to open the phone. Mm, right. Yeah, good one. exactly. You can hide that now where you can mm. say like you got yeah. a text message, but you can't actually see what it is. But I really appreciate all of these security things. I, it's a good thing to have two factor authentication and all that stuff. But man, it's such a pain. It's it's like the whole Okta thing, the the fact that my company uses Okta and I have to log in every 15 minutes to be able to get to my email. That is annoying. And it's two-factor auth every single time. And and same with a lot of different banking apps and a lot of social apps and stuff. Like, I appreciate the two-factor auth. I love the security, but I wish it were easier because that is a pain. Right. I mean, they make it difficult so people can't break in. And yeah. and uh, I think to Sierra's point, if you lose your information, you have all the sort of secret, you know, mother's maiden name stuff. 
but I've been seeing a lot of stuff on, on Facebook where they're like, you know, what's your dog name or whatever the street you grew up on? What's your what's your porn name? It's your mother's maiden name and the first letter of the street you grew up on or something. And they're just harvesting that secret information from people. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I've seen stuff like that a lot on Twitter as well. And it kind of makes me go, hmm. Yeah. Don't give this out. <laughs> I had a scam phone call recently where... Honestly, it was pretty good. Normally, I just ignore them. But this one, like, they spoofed who it was coming from. They said, mm. hi, this is AT&T, da, da, da. And oh. they're just like, there's this charge on your account. You're going to have to cancel it if you want us to cancel it. And I was just like, okay, this is starting to seem like a scam. I'm going <laughs> to figure out how to hang up. And they're just like, yeah, so all we need to do to cancel this transaction is to verify some information. So what's your birthday? And I was like, why would you need my birthday to cancel a transaction? Yeah. Right. And they're just like, well, we, yeah. we just need it. We just need it. They started pushing. And I was just like, no, but actually, this sounds sketchy. Why would you need my birthday? Mm-hmm. And then they were just like, okay, we'll cancel it. Bye. And then they hung up. And I was just mm-hmm. like, hmm. You know what, though? For things like that, I always think about older people. Right. I help yeah. my grandparents a lot with their technology. Exactly. And I'm like, even thinking about all this, like, authentication stuff. Like, I don't think my grandmother or my grandfather would be able to, like, really understand all this stuff or like if they got a phone call from their phone company right now i'm sure they'd be like yeah i was born on such and such date right. here's my address here's right. my social security number like i'm i'm really sure that they would give all that information out that's who i fear for the most yeah with with yeah. things like this when it comes to security oh, yeah. they do awful things like around tax time they'll call you and be like you didn't pay your taxes like you've got to send in a mail order money form right now or like you're, the irs is coming for you and people just freak right. out and send the money yeah. Right. And like, that's a legitimate fear. I always wonder what, what our version of that's going to be in the future. Like, <laughs> yeah. kids are like, oh, you're going around touching buildings with your bare hands. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're not wearing gloves. <laughs> what Sierra was saying, preying on the on people who just aren't as savvy. Just recently, I was yeah. helping a relative who called me and she was saying, hey, I signed up for OfferUp and I'm selling this dining table and this person says they have cash in hand. They just want to verify I'm real. And so they asked me to send them a code that uh, they sent to my phone. And it was a two-factor auth code. And I was like, don't send it. They're just like, well, I just did. I was like, okay, we need to log out of everything. We're going to change your passwords across all these accounts. And I had to like walk them through just on the phone through everything. Um, oh, my difficult. word. It was, so it was difficult. a lot. But that's that's what so many people, this, this is just like one story of so many people I've talked to where these social engineers are figuring yeah. out the demographics of people that they can prey on for that kind of stuff. Here's something that I don't understand how this doesn't get everybody all the time. And if I like open I'm opening the Pandora's box now, I apologize. But whenever <laughs> I get like a crappy email and there's an unsubscribe button, I click unsubscribe. So that's step one. I'm clicking a link and then it takes me to the web. And it's like, if you really want to unsubscribe, click here. And then I click that button. And often they'll be like, put in your email. And click. So I do that all the time. Am I right. like, right. It, that seems like a super simple setup to just be like, whatever it is, give me the, giving me the malware or harvesting my stuff. But like, I must do that a dozen times a week from like random, uh, random email to random website. I'm like, click, click, right. click, click, click. I wonder how much I'm doing this like unsafe cybersecurity wise. And I'm like, I feel like I'm a pretty tech savvy person. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, I wonder if I talk to someone who actually works in cybersecurity and they just like watched my daily workflow, they would probably be screaming their head off <laughs> over know. the things right. that I do that are just unsafe. Right. Well, you have the black tape over your over your camera today, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, getting that straight email with an unsubscribe link, by clicking it, you have verified your email. You yeah. verified that you're a real person. We have uh, a few 
you know, broad-based emails. And we get a lot that are just empty emails. And I'm like, somebody's fishing for something. Like, what What are you doing? Well, and they're like waiting to see if you've opened it and stuff. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. always trying to be careful about letting any read receipts go through or tracking pixels or whatever. I've, just I've turned off uh, images. I don't display images on my emails because wow. of that. See? Now I'm learning things that I had no idea you gotta about. Be paranoid. I, you got to be paranoid. Uh, I mean, yeah, my I do better. the best defense is just to be not that important and not that wealthy. That's what I do. Like, there you <laughs> go. Then, it doesn't really matter. Like, you know, you could have some terrible secrets or kinks, I guess. But like, you know, just keep them offline. Like, do all that stuff offline. That's my that's my approach. <laughs> do crimes offline. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the lesson you. Yeah, I actually have that. On, I have that on a t-shirt. I know for me. One thing I've been doing, I've been trying to use the whole multiple steps of like cybersecurity that are like a headache. I've been trying to use that to my advantage. So I'm sure everyone here probably during the pandemic has been online shopping a lot more. And usually I do everything through PayPal. So I've set up two two factor authentication with PayPal. So mm-hmm. every time that I make a purchase, I have to go to the Authy app, get my like mm-hmm. code and put it in. So it makes me think twice before I make a purchase. <laughs> it hasn't really worked. It hasn't really stopped me from buying things as much, but I thought it would, but it didn't work so much. But I tried to use like the the headache of like multiple steps to like be safe and secure and everything to like my advantage. And it still didn't work. Yeah. But yeah, I guess it could be useful. I try to ways. do stuff like that to be financially safe in that it'll stop me from making an impulse purchase and right. that is yeah. that is still not fully working but i try yeah at all <laughs> at all i tried though but it didn't work it did not work yeah oh. so i hope everybody ordered the key it's out now it's available it's only 29 dollars. ryan sierra in case you don't order one we'll send you one but everybody else you should definitely check out the key. It is the sweetest, coolest macro pad to hit the market in all of 2021, designed by none other than Cassidy Williams, uh, in collaboration with Stack Overflow, brought to you by the fine folks at Drop. And yeah, all the proceeds from Stack Overflow, or all the proceeds that would go to Stack Overflow, go to a great charity called Digital Undivided, which works to bring underrepresented groups into the world of software development. So they're a great organization supporting bringing, yeah, all kinds of people into the world of software development. And Drop, also pledged 5% of its proceeds to Digital Undivided. So if you go out and get the key, you're supporting a great cause. You're supporting a great meme, more importantly. And uh, yeah, it's programmable. It's customizable. There's instructions up on Drop's website. But as as I learned from Cassie, you could actually use these three keys to do anything. It could be, it's a full keyboard if you want it to be. You could play Dwarf Fortress. (laughs) You need way more keys, way more keys. No, no, it's all macros, Ryan. It's macros all the way down. Uh, I guess so. (laughs) All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening. As always, we love to have you tune into the show and send us your ideas and suggestions. You can always email us. It's podcast at stackoverflow.com. And yeah, if you have ideas for what we should talk about or ideas for guests, please get in touch. I'm Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow. You can always find me on Twitter at Ben Popper, and you can rate and review the show if you you like it. It really helps. Leave us a rating and a review. I'm Ryan Donovan. I'm Content Marketer here at Stack Overflow. I edit the blog, the newsletter. You can find me on Twitter at rthordonovan. And uh, if you have a great idea for a blog, send me an email at pitches at stackoverflow.com. I'm Cassidy Williams, Director of Developer Experience at Netlify. You can find me at Cassidy, C-A-S-S-I-D-O-O, on most things. And last but not least, I'm Ciora. I'm a developer advocate at Apollo GraphQL. And I'm pretty much 
uh, at Cioreo, that's C-E-E-O-R-E-O, on pretty much every social media platform that you can find on the planet right now. Bye.